straight out of Austin, Texas. It's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, Statesman Sports Columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 254, brought to you by Hook'em.com, our good friends at Bud Light. Sid Golden here with the Duck, Kirk Bowles, and uh, got a lot to unpack today. Final Four, spring football, but we're starting with baseball royalty. Greg Swindell joins us. He is a part of a great broadcasting team with fellow Longhorn legend Keith Moreland. And they were on hand for the 12-9 loss to the Texas A&M Aggies on Tuesday night. Zeke, what's happening? I'm doing great. How y'all doing? Doing good. I think the game just ended. It was only what, about <laughs> seven hours. That was I, one I let, long game. I let Zonk finish it. I had to leave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm going to tell you, man, uh, if, if you're not able – to go to the games on midweek or whenever. Keith Moreland and Greg Swindell have a just a blast in that booth doing the game. And if you like to hear two guys talking baseball, you learn, you laugh. And I almost just didn't want to go to the game Tuesday night. I just wanted to stay home and listen to y'all because I just have a lot better time. Plus, the, they brought me some crappy nachos. I bought some crappy nachos. <laughs> and uh, I saw they, that. Did you see the guy come in uh, with a fresh you order? Him. You did finish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, Duck, the nachos, the nachos tasted like burnt wood. Uh, the, horrible. the chips were horrible. I tweeted I it. I tweeted it. And uh, they brought me some new nachos, and they were perfect. And uh, huh. that's called customer service. Those people on Twitter were telling uh, Chris Del Conte, you need to get said some some fresh nachos. I don't know if it was CDC, but uh, I left there happy, but I know the Longhorns didn't. What's going on with Texas, Zeke? Eight and eight in their last 16 games after starting 11 and 0. I I just think, um, you know, they they start, they starting to play better competition, I guess, when you, once you get into conference and, and right now it's, it's definitely not the offense. It's they're knocking the cover off the ball. They're on pace for home runs and, batting average and, and doubles. I mean, they do everything you want them to do. Right now, it's it's uh, the pitching staff. Uh, you, you get no no outs from, from, from Tristan Stevens over the weekend. You got bullpen guys that throw 97 miles an hour and are, are afraid to throw strikes or afraid to throw that 97-mile-an-hour fastball <laughs> and, 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 and challenge people. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a matter of, of getting ahead. They're falling behind 2-0, 3-1, and now what do you got to do? Now you have to throw the fastball, and that's what happened in the last few games. It's, they're getting beat up a little bit, but teams go through this. I think this time last year, Texas was 16-8, and mm-hmm. and now they're 19-8 and and went on to win 17 in a row. So anything is possible. They just got to figure something something out in that bullpen that somebody – and David, David admits it. He, he's trying to – keeps throwing people out there to see – who wants to take the bull by the horns? And, and no one seems to want to do anything right now. Um, but on the, on the other hand, Pete Hansen's been throwing well. Lucas Gordon has had a couple really good starts in a row. So, um, and Tristan's going to be fine. He'll, he'll be back. That was one of those things where you just r- literally shake your head and go, what just happened? And and worst thing for Tristan is he has to wait seven days before he gets back out there. Uh, thought we might see him last night, but we didn't. And uh, they're, they're just taking their lumps right now, but I, I think this team's going to be okay. That's weird. I was looking at the stats, Zeke, and I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. Their batting average is 321 as a team. Crushing uh, it. Leads, leads the Big 12. Second place, Kansas State at 301. You know, meanwhile, the ERA's, you know, about three and a half. So it's just like, this isn't, this isn't, uh, uh, actuality for a Texas baseball team. So, you know, you're right. I think they're going to be fine too, but they are playing better competition. Lubbock's one of the toughest places to play, uh, as you know. 
but they're kind of searching right now. And I wonder the loss of Tanner Witt, uh, Tommy John surgery, the number three starter, is that shaken the team's confidence a little bit? And, and how long uh, is that going to kind of hurt Texas while they look at a Lucas Gordon or somebody else to fill that role? I, I think in, initially, you know, Lucas got got the call like that Sunday morning to pitch against UCLA. He right. only went for it. But, but since then, he's he's gone into the sixth inning and, and pitched really good in Lubbock, which isn't an easy place to pitch. It just gave up the one run. I I think they're, the main part with Tanner Witt right now is he filled such a big role out of that bullpen last year. Um, True. Starting pitching, starting pitching wasn't a problem. And he filled that role to get to Aaron Nixon. And right now, they're trying to get the opportunity to four or five guys. And right. they just can't fill, they can't fill the shoes of what Tanner Witt was doing last year. Um, I, so I, I think Lucas is holding his own right now, though. They just, they just need to, in a hurry, figure out who wants to throw strikes out of the bullpen. You would rather them come in and give it up like they did last night and Instead of walk people, that's what happened last night. They gave up a lousy right. single, two, two walks, and then the grand slam. So, you got to come right. in throwing strikes. Well, yeah, and it's it's something that um, yeah. I mean, Oklahoma swings the bat pretty good too, and they're playing yeah. in Dallas. So it's um, it's going to be a fun weekend, and hopefully they can figure it out. Yeah, and and they get three set at uh, Globe Life Park, a three game set with the Sooners, and. Uh, you could just see the frustration with David uh, Tuesday night, watching him, talking to him after the game. He just shaking his head because, man, this is the offense that he thought if he could get this kind of offense, imagine this kind of offense with, they, with, with the pitching that they were getting last year. Uh, they, they might be 27-2. and two, But it's just it's frustrating for uh, to see the live arms, to see the talent, and, and to not see them uh, – uh, finding the plate. I, I need to ask you about Aaron Nixon. Just so so many ups and downs, walking the bases loaded, and just not not getting the uh, ball over the plate. The first guy seems to always get on. Uh, I, I mean, you you as an all time pitching great. Uh, how do you overcome those mental hurdles when you have the talent, but the production just isn't there for a young guy like Nixon? Guys, it's just. It's a mental block is what it is because you're, you're used to to not giving up much. And he doesn't give up many hits, but his problem this year has been the walks. Mm-hmm. He's got, I think, over like a walk an inning. And, and for a closer, that that's really not good. His confidence kind of went away. I mean, the, the thing that happened in Lubbock where the runner scored and he didn't even know where the runner was. Oh, that was um, brutal. It, just brutal. It, it, it's just a, a matter of. And, and as I like David getting him back out there, even in a closer game last night, because um, he, he's, he's going to be a, a real key. He, I mean, he's uh, on the preseason All-American list and closer stopper list. So you just you, you have to trust yourself. You, you're not going to strike everybody out, but you have to, in his role, um, you just can't afford to keep walking people. And, I mean, if he does, David's going to have to look somewhere else. And that's yeah, just that's, shocking. That's shocking to hear that. I mean, yeah. I mean, that yeah. guy was just nails last year, and he's just seemed to have the right demeanor for a closer. And he still, you just still don't really see, you don't see him acting out or looking frustrated. But you can tell, man, when you you keep walking people. You know, last night, Tuesday night, he hit hit the first guy he faced, and uh, those kind of things can kind of wear on you. But uh, look, looking ahead. Uh, did you ever think in your heart of hearts that this Texas team would be so reliant on this offense after the start that we witnessed? <laughs> well, yeah. Last year, you lose Zubia, Cam Williams, and uh, Antico. That's, that's over 30-something home runs. Wow. Uh, where I'm talking just from, from the power department. You knew Ivan was going to hit them, and uh, this team, is they're on they're on pace to, to break the home run record at, at Texas. So um, crazy. It's uh, it's it, it's fun to watch. I mean, I I can kind of compare them to '85. We we had such great offense. If you look at the record books, 1985 team is everywhere: homers, doubles, at bats, runs, and um, this team is right there with them. And yeah, they're averaging almost eight runs a game. And if you can just find that that piece uh, out of the bullpen and get that. 
at those three starters going six or seven innings, uh, this team can be dangerous and they can, they can do things. But this postseason, we, always, we talk about it all the time, you're going to need a fourth starter. Mm-hmm. And Texas right now, Texas right now is struggling for the fourth starter and struggling with the bullpen. And that's, that's not good. Well, you're right about the home runs. You look at Melendez leads the big 12 with 13 and Trey Faltini second with 10. Uh, what Trey's fun to watch. Uh, he's really coming into his own in the, and I'm sure this is going to be his last year with Texas. Cause I imagine he'll be a high draft pick. Uh, this guy, to me, tell me if you agree or disagree. He's got major league written all over him. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's his size. He's he's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. Uh, right. His defense speaks for itself. I mean, probably. Sure. I mean, you put him in the top three all time shortstops at Texas, if not number one. And now with the offensive production, if he can cut down his strikeouts a little bit. Um, each game, each game, I, I look at Zong and go, this kid, he, he's making more money each game he plays right now. He, he, he's impressive. Man, and he's mean, too. I mean, he doesn't mind letting people know. He'll, he was chirping at the Aggies, and uh, he got hit by a pitch and turned and said a couple things to the catcher and just kind of looked at him like, what? I'm like, man, I just love his demeanor. I mean, he is a he is a hard nosed scrap iron Phil Garner type with more talent than scrap iron ever had. Uh, and that bomb he hit, I know the wind was going out, but he's been hitting those all season. He's got ten now, and and uh, you know, you make a mistake against him, he's going to make you pay. So uh, interesting, you said he's top three all time defensive shortstops. Wow, that's high praise coming from you, Zeke. Or do you mean well, all I mean, around? game well Zeke would you, Zeke would you put him top three overall game I know Spike Owen has always been the gold standard defensively but Spike doesn't have Trey's bat obviously would would, would you say top three of all time of of all shortstops offense defense base running leadership everything oh yeah I mean he's he's wow. he's the vocal guy I mean after wins on the road he's among boom box playing the music and I mean, nice. it's, he, he's um they got back from corpus this year and he he was chirping the whole time they were down there and they got back for the for the game in austin and i i kind of stepped back and said dude are, are you still mad can i talk to you right now because he just he just gets out and gets after it and you gotta love that i mean even pitchers on the mound I mean, when he sees them give up a you know a couple hits he's the first one to get out there and talk to him and um, he, he, he's, he's a true leader and, and not only he was even after the tough loss um, against the Aggies last night, he's, he's the last one out there signing autographs for the kids. So it's a, it's not just yeah. a on the field thing for Trey Faltini. You know what, Greg, you, you know, you can't, you can't pretend to be that you are that or you're not. And his body language and, and his demeanor screams leadership. And uh, I think that's a, that's a real, I think that's something that's going to really, uh, determine how far these guys go because when you have that kind of leadership in the in the clubhouse, uh, you can overcome these kind of struggles. Uh, where do you think Pierce's head is at? I mean, I know this is the long game. This isn't a this isn't something that you got to fix overnight. Where do you think his head is at? Because we're still relatively early in conference. Well, he he understands it. He's they've been there before. They've been worse. Um, they're they're a good baseball team that just. Going through a, a mid-season, you know, not not really a slump. I mean, eight and eight. A lot of teams would, would take that, but the way Texas started, eleven and zero. Um, this is just a. I I don't think David is too worried about it. I know he's. You're looking for you're looking for a DH, and you're looking for someone to come out of the bullpen and, and get outs, and he he'll find it. They he all usually does, and uh, it's just a struggle right now, and. Uh, the way things, you know, this weird things happening, a steal of home, walk off grand slams, uh, the grand slam last night, this team's given up four grand slams this year. So um, yeah. he's, he's a, it, it'll be okay. It, it, it can put more gray in your hair and, and <laughs> things like that. But I, I think he understands this team and he's with them day in and day out. So um, Tulo, Tulo is going to be there with them. All the coaches do an outstanding job of, of keeping them level headed. And right now, you really, it, it's sometimes I say it every year, 
sometimes it's just up to the to the players. <laughs> Coach can't really do too much more, and the players have to step it up. And I think you'll see that starting the rest. Well, I think I think the you know RPI is such a big deal because you always want to host you know a regional and a super regional, and uh, these next two weeks are are very critical for Texas. I think you know you have Oklahoma. Uh, on the road up at Arlington, and then you have TCU at home, which uh, is 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 playing very well. I think they're off to a five and one start in the league. Uh, so you think these next two series are real, very critical for Texas as far as you know postseason and ever, and looking uh, farther ahead, Zeke. I I, th- I don't know if, if you start looking way ahead like that. Um, I don't yeah. I don't know if they'll 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 do that right now. They just need to win win series. So um, right. you go you go to Dallas try to get two out of three you, you come back home and, and and try to take two out of three from TCU uh, you know I think Texas I think their record itself will be, will be fine at the end of the season with their RPI to, to host a regional Texas will put the money up and um, right. they'll, they'll be fine with that part um, but you saw the advantage they had last year of, of home field in the super regional and that's that's really what you're looking for and that's that's where the record and everything can come in. You you want to be ranked high, and you want to be able to to, to host both the regional and a super regional. Yeah, if you had to put your money on somebody for that that bridge from uh, Hanson and Stevens and Gordon to to Nixon, uh, uh, who would you look to that uh, that you would have faith in? I know Deplantiers really uh, struggled lately. Is there anybody you have your eye on for that bridge? Well, I mean. Oliveris is throwing the ball well. I think you'll see him get more opportunities. Luke Harrison is is not afraid to come in and throw strikes. And um, I think he came in last night just to kind of slow things down and pitched an inning, a shutout inning. So I think those two, you'll look for some things. And Travis Daly is the one, and Jared Southern are are ones that kind of make me scratch my head with with the ability they have to throw throw a 95-mile-an-hour fastball and, and, and just struggle with, with command. And, um, I mean, believe it or not, Coy Cobb's going to be okay too. He's a guy yeah. that's going to come in. They've moved his arm angle and he's, he's, he's pitched, you know, mostly well all season. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I think with a little, ex- he's got a little experience and he's going to be a guy who can help him, but it's going to take getting that opportunity and then taking advantage of that opportunity when you, when you get out there and right now, nobody's done that. Yeah. yeah. It's intriguing. It's an intriguing study, um, man. We, we are going to be all over it. And uh, I think they figure it out. Just talent, just some, some talent usually wins out in this game. The talented teams uh, that have good leadership usually show up when it matters most, but, Zeke, I know you're driving to Cyprus uh, to be with the family. Uh, man, we appreciate you dropping some knowledge on us today. We needed to hear from a from an authoritative voice to see what's going on with this pitching staff, and we appreciate you, man. Well, I appreciate the kind words. Me and, me and Zonk are just, just two old farts talking baseball. <laughs> and we, we, we enjoy it. We, we get frustrated like everybody else, but we <laughs> – we got to keep our professional game faces on in the booth, but uh, we, we, we enjoy it. Thank you guys very much. Well, keep talking. We love it. We love it. Drive safe and uh, we'll see you down the road, Zeke. All right. All right thank Take you, care. brother. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. On second thought. And Doug, that's why we bring in experts. That's why we bring in a Greg Swindell. That's why we bring in a Rod Babers. That's why we bring in an A.J. Abrams, because they tell you what's going on with your Longhorn teams. They played the game at a high level, and now they're able to look at the game as analysts, and they can explain it in a way in ways that we are not able to because we didn't play at the level of those guys. So such a great conversation with Swindell, just one of my all-time favorites. They know stuff. They know stuff. And I was going to ask him, Hey, hey, Zeke, did anybody ever steal home on you? <laughs> I never never could get it in, but I'm thinking if somebody did, he would have thrown at the next 
uh, tech batter whenever he would have seen him again. So. You know what? You know what, Duck? I didn't even think about it. And I wish I had because I'm watching that game. Uh, you know, I'm watching it. I'll, I see the tweet. I see right. Nick. I see the guy, Perk Fisher, still home. And uh, Swindell tweets out, all Nixon had to do was plunk the batter. If you plunk the batter, yeah. he goes to first base and, and the and, and the guy stealing home has to go back to third, and we still got a ball game. But he recognized it so late, he didn't have time to do anything. I don't think – I still don't think he's looked up. I mean, uh, I mean here oh, we yeah. are four days later. That's a cardinal sin for a pitcher. You know, you got to be aware of what's going on. And that's, you know, I don't know if scouts look at stuff like that, but man, you just got to be more aware of the surroundings and the circumstances. I mean, he almost slid in before he even looked up, you know. You have slide. And Arduan, Arduan's there. Hey, 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 come on, throw it. Nixon's all in his head and his own head. It was just, I hope he figures it out. Yeah, I do too. He's a good kid, and you know he's he's been nails for them. And just wonder, you know, they're at an athletic level that we weren't ever. And you wonder how much that lingers. You wonder if how much that bugs them moving forward. You know, the great ones like that. Oh, screw it. Next game. You know, those are the great ones that that do that. They just go on, and uh, you know, Scotty Scheffler, a good example. You know, it's like, well, he just. He is so laser focused, and I know he's a rock, dude. Oh my God, he's he's so even keeled, and uh, I had a new appreciation for Scotty because he's always a little bit been kind of stuffy. You know, he's not a good quote, but he's so relaxed right now. Said, and I know you were out there one day uh, with me last week, and it's at just, the Dell, at the Dell, and uh, boy, for him to. Been to the Dell twice. He's runner up one year and wins the whole thing and becomes number one in the world the next. This is a guy six years ago went as a fan, UT student, uh, UT golfer, trying to get tickets and went and watched the Roy McElroys and people like that. Six years later, you know, number one in the world. Isn't that amazing? But if I told you that in 20, if I told you three years ago in 2022, a University of Texas grad, uh, former golfer, <laughs> Would be number one in the world. You would you'd be like, so what? We of course Jordan Speed's number one. He's and been there. he's not number one. It's got you know, He's not. And you know, the problem with Jordan is that he wants it so bad, he wears his emotions on his sleeves, and he just he, he gets into his own head, like you were talking about Nixon a little bit. You know, he, he no, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody that talks as much as he does. We asked Scotty on Monday, he said. When y'all play in Dallas, you know, your little pickup games, does is, is, uh, Jordan talk like that? Oh, yeah. It's the same guy, you know. But, Duck, it's so – it is so entertaining. If you're watching on TV and they're following Spieth around. Yeah. He's providing commentary on his own game. You never know what Talking he's Talking to the caddy and he's going, oh, man, man, I need more club here. I need more club here. What do you think about that? I mean, he's just – Constant chatter. But yeah, then you see he, Tiger Woods, he never says anything. Never. Scotty rarely says anything. And, boy, my hat's off to him. You know, I mean, he's already made $13 million. He's not even 26 yet. Turns 26 in June. My crazy prediction this week was he's going to win a major this year. And, and What's I, so crazy about that? You need to – your crazy predictions have gotten less crazy over these last couple of years. You need to get back on that ledge, bro. You mean Scotty Scheffler's going to win a major? You mean the number one player in the world might win a major? That's What's end crazy the top about five. that? In the top five. You, you, That's you, not crazy. That ain't crazy. That ain't now, crazy. How many guys are going to win a major and finish top five in the second one? That's not very usual. I know you just it want me to crazy. say, you know, Chris Rock and Will Smith are going to go on a fishing trip. Yeah, okay. That's how crazy you want me to get. Okay, yeah. now that you brought it up, we got to talk about it. You know, we got – I know – Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, we're going to get to UT football in a second. And the Final we, Four. And the Final Four. But we got to – I mean, I know it's a sports show, but it is the biggest story in the world. Hey, it's not a war right now. And he, and he won for uh, King Richard, which was a sports movie. So we got our tie-in. He won for King Richard, 
who took beatings from gang members in Los Angeles while he was teaching his daughters how to play tennis. And before he goes up to that award, 15 minutes before, he goes and he slaps the taste out of Chris Rock's mouth. And, man, I'm all about protecting your lady and all of that. But, but Will Smith, you got to be bigger than that. You got to be bigger than that. And I'm going to tell you, I don't agree with everything she says, but Jamel Hill, the longtime ESPN commentator, who's now doing her own thing with, with other networks, uh, with CNN, um, she, she said something. She tweeted something that really resonated with me, Doug. She said, we got to stop pretending that we know these famous people. We oh, yeah. know. We don't know him, Duck. No, we, we don't know Will Smith. We know we know the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and sure. we know the guy that was that had us all walking out of pursuit of happiness with tears in our eyes. We know King Richard. We know I Am Legend. We know all of that. Mm-hmm. But that's an actor. We don't know that man. We know the persona. We, we don't know the. We don't know the person. Right. We don't know the person. We don't know Tom Brady. We don't. We don't know any. Any of these people, let's, we've had a long relationship with them, like UT athletes, who I think we do get to know to a great extent, but we don't fully know them. No, but, we don't. But, you know, just, you know, like you said, Richard Williams, you know, gangs beat him, beat him up while he's trying to, you know, groom his daughters for tennis stardom and, you know, anti-violence. And for him to stride on the stage and slap the, the Sunday out of Chris Rock and and then utter profanities on national television. Where do you think you are? And it, it, it was wrong on so many levels. I mean, how many jokes did Chris Rock make, you know, disparaging good-heartedly people in the audience and nobody else came up and, and slapped the hell out of him. And oh, go ahead. And did you notice when he first told the joke and they panned Smiles. over Will Smith, he's laughing. Until he saw the look on his wife's face. Well, he's laughing, so he wasn't outraged until no. he looked over at his wife. He looked over at Jada and saw that she was rolling her eyes, and the next thing you know, here he comes. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Doug, the Oscar, the Oscars is a – there's bodyguards and security all over that thing. You know it. They saw – Sweet, kind-natured Will Smith walking up on stage, and they're like, "Oh man, we're about to have a great TV moment. These guys are gonna gonna have a have a little stick here." Mm-hmm. And then he slugged him with an open hand. And boy, credit to Chris Rock for for knowing those that old adage: "The show must go on." He yep. could he could have swung back. Uh, he could have jumped on Will Smith's back when he walked away. Uh, he could he could have uttered profanities at Will Smith. But he didn't. And let me tell you something. Chris Rock is Chris Rock. Chris Rock's on a joke. Did Justice Smollett come after Chris Rock during that award show when he made fun of him making up that attack in Chicago? No. Did, did Will Smith go after Regina Hall when she made fun of his open marriage earlier in the show? No. Did he go after Amy Schumer? No. But he went after Chris Rock, who he's known for 30 years, who was on his sitcom with him. Uh, these guys know each other, and uh, there is bad blood. When when Chris Rock was the host, um, you know, uh, she wanted to boycott because Will wasn't nominated for Best Actor, and Chris Rock, in his monologue, goes, Jada Pinkett says she uh, we should boycott because Will wasn't nominated. And he goes, well, first of all, that's like telling, that's like telling me that I'm not invited to Rih- Rihanna's bedroom. I was never there. I was not invited. So he goes, uh, uh, how about the fact that Will Smith was paid $20 million for Wild Wild West? So, I mean, it's, it's Chris Rock. That's yeah. Chris Rock. Yeah. The media is comed. So, uh, well, so nearly, nearly every other actor would have been escorted off the premises, and, and some of them might even been arrested, you know, if it would have been some lesser actor. What if it, what if it had been Kanye West, who's, yeah. who's, who's nuts? Right. What if Kanye would have strolled on the stage? He wouldn't have made it three steps onto that stage. They'd have had him down in handcuffs. But then, because yeah. we don't know what Kanye's capable of. Well, it took Will Smith two days to apologize to Chris Rock. He apologized to the Academy and his fellow nominees, but he, he conveniently left out Chris Rock until, I think, Tuesday. 
And that was just those were his public publicists to try to spin spin control, trying to save that Academy Award. They can well, take it from him. They can take it back if they want to. Yeah, and I don't think they should. But they won't. They won't. But to me, it it tainted the whole night, and and it took the shining light off of so many other worthy and deserving actors and directors and all Quest, those. Quest, Quest Love. Quest Love yeah. was getting his award there, and uh, he he will always be remembered as the guy who got the award right after Chris Rock got hit. So. Right. I'm fair to him too. And all the actors and uh, everybody, the director with Coda, you know, that one best picture. I mean, it, it, it just detracted from their celebration and their wonderful night because we won't remember probably best picture and best supporting actress and, and so on. We're going to remember this for Will Smith. And, and that's a shame. That is a shame. So let hey. Thank you for enduring our Will Smith. It's what everybody's talking about. Hell, I wrote about it. Did yeah. you put it in your nine things? I read the paper today. No, because I knew you'd already uh, written. I'd already it. covered it, and it was That's about the same. So long, anyway. I'm so long winded. <laughs> but we got uh, it out out of the way here. So let's talk uh, UT football. I went to uh, the practice availability. Oh my God, I'm so jealous. You went to and, uh, you went well, to spring football practice. Oh, I was so excited. I was geeked. I got up at oh 630, you know, just so, you know, looking forward to that. My 15 minutes to watch calisthenics and Quinn Ewers throw six passes. You know, it was it was just a delight. But uh, what do you take? I mean, from what you saw and I know I know I know you have to make when we go, we have to make sure we get as much out of it as we can. You probably zeroed in on those quarterbacks. Did you see anything body language wise or? Technique wise, does yours stand out, or or well, is it, or does it look even from uh, just from your Eagles view? No, it doesn't look even to me. It looks like a seventy thirty Quinn yours, and and what stands out is he's a big dude, you know, big guy, and he does have the the proverbial cannon, and the ball comes out of his arm and of his hand differently than a lot of other quarterbacks. He hums it. He hums it. He He does. He puts a lot on it. And he misfired on some. And that's why I asked Sarkeesian in the press conference afterward, I said, your vertical game is probably going to tear it up because he can throw the hell out of the ball. He can throw it deep. But are you worried about the accuracy? Can can he not be one of these, you know, 65% better completion uh, passers? Uh, Last year, Casey Thompson, 63%, and uh, uh, was was very effective a lot of times. But uh, but he said, no, he said, if you can't complete 65% for me, you're probably not playing. Well, Casey played, you know, 10 starts, and he was 63%, but showed you he didn't have any other uh, op- op- alternatives because Hudson Card kind of melted down in the Arkansas game. But – so I, I would say it's going to be Quinn Ewers' job to lose, and uh, uh, but yeah, I was you know a lot of things. What I do is I look for uh, uh, body frames who's changed their look a little bit, and uh, but John Robinson, and Xavier Worthy looked exactly the same. Xavier's still skinny kid out of California, you know. Um, is Jatavian Sanders still playing tight end? Still playing tight end. He looks a little slimmer, a little fitter to me. I don't understand why he's a tight end, but I guess he wants to catch touchdowns. But. We've been beating that dead horse worse oh than Mr. Ed, man. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. So, But I know they like Gunnar Helm, uh, the tight end. And I like Juan Davis. I think he's a good player, too. Uh, uh, Dewan, uh Harrison uh, from Hutto. Uh, you're familiar with a uh, retro freshman looked really good, made a great catch. Uh, and uh, Isaiah uh, Nemore, I think is how you pronounce it. The Wyoming transfer looked good. He impressed me. You know what? We always talk about tight ends in the spring and then they just don't show up. Yeah. In fall. But Billingsley, the kid they got from Alabama. Looks good. Got Nick Saban's doghouse. He weighs like 210. He's oh, wow. Skinny, and I don't know how he's going to block anybody. So, uh, but obviously, you know, he wanted him here. I guess he'll take all of Nick Saban's discards, I guess. You know, wow. Keelan Robinson's still here. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, you don't learn, learn a whole lot in 15 minutes, obviously. So you learn more a little bit talking. I asked one thing I asked, uh, 
Sarkeesian at the press conference, I said, you got a double digit stacker, you know, and those I was really, grow, those do not grow on trees, by the way. No, they don't. But if the great ones, if you're going to be a Georgia and Alabama, you better do something like that. And he kind of, eh, you know, and his answer response made me think, no, they don't have anybody close to that. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to try to get at Jatavia and say, why isn't his head on the ground? Yeah, exactly. Steve. That'll that'll be asked again this year. I, I know that, but uh, uh, I'm trying to think of. Oh, Archie Manning. Arch Manning had his visit last week. Uh, Brian Davis wrote about it. I saw something today saying, "Oh, George is the front runner for this kid." I'm gonna believe it when I see it if he shows up. And now that they got Quinn Ewers with four years of eligibility, uh, Malik Murphy. Why would Arch come? I, I Unless guess, he just doesn't respect Quinn. If he, if he just thinks he's going to blow Quinn out of the water, he comes. But why would he come here? Well, when you know the, the NIL sweetheart is, yeah. is 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 entrenched here, and and you're 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 from an SEC family, and who knows when Texas is going to be in the SEC? I, I'm hearing it's going to be another two years now, maybe three. So uh, they might may- at the most, but yeah, I don't think anybody really knows, but. It ain't next year, that's for sure. One thing is if Quinn Ewers, you know, because Arch is still a senior in high school there. Yes, yes, yes. uh, New Orleans. So he's got another year. So if Quinn Ewers is all that, maybe Quinn Ewers leaves after two years here, you know, and Arch Manning could uh, sit his first year in redshirt. But like I said, I'm going to believe it when I see it. If I was a betting man, I'd probably – put it on Georgia or somebody like that. How about you? Yeah. I, I've always said he's going to end up in the SEC. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's, the Mannings are an SEC family. Uh, they yeah, just you are. Play the best competition, too. And you play the best competition. You want to get to the pros. And um, I know this uh, – I know the Big 12 is more of a quarterback's league, but the SEC quarterbacks in recent years have, have started to make some noise. People like Joe Burrow. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I'm not uh, – you know, I'm, I'm not going to hate on SEC quarterbacking because SEC football is still the best football being played in in America. So uh, yeah. I, I think he's going to go where where the where the uh, you know where the big dogs are playing or where there are more big dogs to play every week because that's going to maximize his his potential to be great. One thing I like about him, he seems kind of the anti Quinn Ewers. This this guy has a low profile. He doesn't tweet. Uh, he's said very little. Uh, I know he likes Austin. I think he's intrigued by Sarkeesian's reputation as the quarterback whisperer, which we haven't seen here yet. So, uh, you know, I know Texas fans are excited, thinking they got a chance. And as long as he hadn't announced somewhere else, he got a chance. So, and just selfishly, we'd both love to see him here. We'd love to see great players, athletes come here. Oh, yeah. We, you know what? And I enjoyed Casey Thompson. He had. Uh, before yeah. he hurt his thumb, he was as good as anybody in this league. I mean, he was really good before he, he got hurt. And and he answered the question, and he was accountable. And I I, I enjoyed my time with him, and I, I hope he gets it done at his next venture. So um, we got plenty of spring football left. We're going to hit it every week. That's what we do here on, on Second Thought. But let's get to a little – a bit less uh, – stimulating conversation our final four brackets went up in smoke the first weekend they said i gotta go i got i got some <laughs> i got some chores i gotta do so can you yeah, want you i want you oh you're gonna fill out another bracket uh i mean <laughs> sunday bracket guy and it went up in smokes the first weekend so sunday bloody sunday while i was in milwaukee um and so i get i have one final four team Kansas, and you don't have any? One more than me. Wow. wow. What happened to Gonzaga in Arizona? Gonzaga played three atrocious first halves. They didn't even start playing until after halftime, and Drew Timmy would light it up in the second half. But it's just – they just – boy, they just – they were out of sync the whole tournament. And Arizona, you know – just didn't show up either. So well, I told you, I told you before the tournament that that yeah. they're losing their point guard was going to hurt them. That's why I stayed away from Arizona. And uh, sometimes you have to listen to the universe. 
I watched Gonzaga three or four times this year because I always play late night. And I watched them against the San Francisco Dons and St. Mary's. And I look up in the second half and they're up by like six points. And then Timmy or, or, or uh, Chet Holmgren would do something and they'd win by like eight to ten. And I'm like, boy, they don't look like world beaters this year. They really miss Jalen Suggs. They miss Jalen Suggs. But I still, but I didn't listen, Duck, and I still put them in the finals, uh, losing losing to Tennessee. And um, I watched Tennessee. I watched uh, Hickory, Rick Barnes. I watched them win the SEC tournament. And I go, man, they've got inside play. They got outside play. Uh, I, I like the way they play defense. And I've never seen a team just miss wide open threes. They couldn't buy one against Michigan. And I just finally just went, you know, we're watching it as, at, a, at, a, at a hamburger joint in Milwaukee, me and the me and Brian Davis and, and Jeff Howe. And uh, you turn that uh, thing off, yeah. Doug. Me, yeah. Brian Davis, Jeff Howe, um, Christina Wang from, um, from uh, the Daily Texan, uh, Nick Moyle from San Antonio. We're, we're, we're hanging out in Milwaukee, having a good time. And I'm sitting there quietly seething because the Tennessee Volunteers are missing wide open threes uh, against Jawan Howard, who's the pre-Chris Rock of college basketball. And I mean, the, pre, the pre-Will Smith of college basketball. So I was just, just flabbergasted that they couldn't make a shot. And that was it. And then the day before, uh, you lost Iowa. So... Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we we were having a uh, rough go of it that first weekend, and it was a precursor. I lost Kentucky. I lost to St. Peter's, the Cinderella of the tournament. It's just, I don't know. I, I'm just convinced the whole thing is scripted anyway. Coach Krzyzewski sent in the script, and it got approved, and uh, Duke will be cutting down the nets. I mean, do you see any other outcome? I think, I think Kansas is going to take Villanova, don't you? Yes, I, I think- do. I think the loss of uh, Justin Moore, Villanova's number two scorer. That kills him. That kills him. That's just a horrible, horrible accident. And as soon as it happened, you knew. knew. And then the loss of him and Remy Martin coming on for Kansas, the Arizona State transfer. He's been great. Who scored 23 one game, 20 against Creighton, I think. And so that, you know, juxtaposition of their – Current statuses, I think. I think uh, now Villanova can shoot free throws. I mean, were they like fifteen of fifteen in their last game? But I just think Kansas, their supporting cast is so good. You know, with Wilson, Justin Brown, and Remy and, Martin. So and they got and they got and they got the big hoss David McCormick yeah. on the inside. And Obaji's playing like Obaji played midseason. He's yes, starting sir. to figure some things out. My thing is yeah. this, Duck. Um, I watched. I watched uh, the Coach K's final game at, at you know when they I lost to Carolina, and he was he was pissed. He was so he mad. Was he goes, "This yeah. was unacceptable," and we apologize to you. And they had the little things, the ceremony set up, and he just sat there and he just steam coming out of his ears. And he goes, uh, "The season's not over." I watched that game, Duck, and 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 a week later, I'm filling out my bracket, and I see Carolina and Duke in my bracket. I go, "Neither one of those teams very good this year." Yeah, they're not. They're not that great. They're not but great. They're the nation in offense. They they can score, but they, they can't they, stop anybody. And they're so young. They're so yeah. young. And I was Let like, I was like, I can't put either one of these teams in the final four. I can't. Yeah. And I go, Coach K. Uh, Coach, K, I gave Coach K two or three wins. I think. I think I'm be losing in the elite eight. And yeah. so, yeah. And then here they are in the final four. They're going to win. Duke's going to win the national championship, Kirk. They are. And, Kirk, gonna and Kay's going to ride off on you know, on a white horse uh, and have, and and probably have the best Cinderella ending of a, of a coach yeah. ever. Can we? Can you remember a coach winning a, a championship like that and quitting? Ooh, no, I can't really. Our, you know, Peyton Manning, he won his last game. But not a coach. Uh, but not remember. a coach. But Tom Brady, he well, he lost his last game. Oh, that's right. I heard Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh. Yeah. Bill Walsh. Right. Bill Walsh won a Super Bowl and quit. But not many, but not yeah. many. So I don't know. It's I hope it's a good game. I know they got so many more weapons in North Carolina, but North Carolina, they can be a rebounding machine. And you know, man, you know, the OU transfer. If he makes them three, they can stay in it. So but Jeremy Roach has been a huge key for 
for Duke, you know, the sophomore guard, he kind of put him in the starting lineup. He's brought a lot of energy and scoring punch too. So it, you know, I think it's going to be Duke, Kansas, and I think it could be an entertaining game, but I think Duke will cut down the nets. I do too. And they just, it's just, it's, it's their time. And, and coach K is, is a legend and he's figured some things out uh, between those two days, those and two or three lottery days. Picks. Five lottery picks in his starting lineup. So oh my God. That's yeah. pretty good. That's pretty, that's pretty good. UT women. I just want to hit them before we go. Sure. Great season. Great those season. big, those big girls did not show up against Stanford. And I really believe that Tara Vanderveer influenced the referees when she said, we don't want to see a rugby game. As soon as it, as soon as the game started, there were two quick whistles on Texas. That was a coaching legend, quietly, subtly imparting a little bit of friendly pressure. And I think the refs took it. They heard it and they weren't about to let Texas do what it does best. And the Longhorns are a physical team. Those Texas women were physical and they didn't, uh, they, they weren't allowed to be as physical. Uh, Lauren Ebo didn't show up. Deanna Gaston didn't show up. Um, Lattimore didn't show up. And the guards just couldn't carry that water. Uh, still a good season by Vic Schaefer, 29-7. I don't think it was a subtle message. I thought it was a sledgehammer message. <laughs> and, and the coaches with the most clout are heard. And uh, I think it did affect the game. But with all due respect to that, Vic's got to get more offensive. He can't just win holding people to 56 points. He scored 50. You know, you're not going to beat many really good to great teams scoring 50. He's got to know that. And, yeah, you know he wants to be better offensively, and, and he's got some recruits coming in. But and but you don't know with freshmen. You know, Roy Harmon is spectacular. He'll be all, she'll be All-American next year. But Kendall Hunter was just as celebrated. She barely got off the bench. All you know, and, and he loves he loves Shea Holling and I love her energy. Yeah. But I think I think Aliyah Mataro needs to start she moving does. forward. And she played 12, 12 minutes. I mentioned that in my nine things, and she had two fouls in the first quarter. I get that, but still 12 minutes. You gotta get some scores. And she's not the defensive player Roy Harmer or Joanne Taylor or Audrey Warren is, but you gotta get some points. And I just and, but next year, Roy Harmon is going to be a sophomore. Uh, Aliyah Moore, kid out of Oklahoma, who really, you know, she showed up. She, yeah, she showcased, and she's going to be electric. That's a, going to be a lethal combination next year. So I, the back-to-back elite eights go t- win twenty-nine games. Vic Schaefer's got it going, and uh, boy, the the ceiling. There is no ceiling for that team. They're just going to get better and better. Chris Beard, what, they win one, they lose one. It's about what we expected. Yeah, it's about what yep. we expected. Uh, I, I, I said it's a solid B season for Chris Beard. Uh, got, 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 got to change the narrative because people can't say they haven't won a game in a while, and now they, now they can move forward. But is he going to have to recreate this team again? Because I don't think there are many of those guys are coming back. I think Christian Bishop will be back. Brock Cunningham said he's going to be back. I don't believe Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, or are, 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 are coming back. Uh, they, yeah. They've had their college experience, and I think they're ready to, to see if they can make some money playing basketball. So he's going to have to redo this thing again. Trey Mitchell won't be back. No. So um, uh, I think it's, it's two keys. I think it's Marcus Carr, if he comes back and plays anywhere close to the way he did, in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. Timmy Allen was the face of the team, limited offensively, but great, you know, around around the basket. He just doesn't have the size to compete with against bigger, bigger people down low. But if you could get those two back and make some – and he, he really needs a true point guard. You know, they didn't have great point guard play. I don't know if, if Devin Askew can evolve into that because – you know, he was a defensive player, rebounds and pass of a reluctant shooter. So you, you're not going to stand pat with this when you got a couple wing guys coming in, you know, uh, that should help. But he's got to score too, just like Vic Schaefer. You can't win them all with 50 points. So 
but I think he'd love to have uh, Timmy Allen back, probably Marcus Carr back as well. And I think I'm not sure if Marcus Carr will be back or not, but I'm sure AJ's gone and Courtney Ramey is gone. And uh, they had both had outstanding careers here. Man, I'm going to tell you, um, outside that locker room, he was just so hurt. Oh, Beard was so hurt. He's wiping, it, wiping at his eyes. He goes, there are only eight to ten teams that have a real chance to win this thing every year. And he goes, I really thought that we were one of those eight to no ten. No way. No way. He said way. that. He said it. That's ridiculous. Nobody thought they had a chance. I mean, most people picked Virginia Tech to beat them. Now, you and I picked Texas to beat them. And uh, that was the one thing we on our brackets we got right. But Just the one. They never had the offense or the consistency. I mean, they have eight-minute scoring droughts. And and then you run into a game like Purdue where the free throw disparity, 46 to 12. You can't make that up, you know. So he's got to improve. He's, I, I'd probably give him more of a B-plus or A-minus because he won an NCAA tournament game, got that monkey off the program's back, and he's got some buzz and going into the Moody Center, I think he did what he had to do. Now, Texas fans wanted more, no question about it, but I think he uh, he made progress. And after, you know, being on a treadmill with Shaka Smart for six years, that was essential, and I think he checked that box. Yeah, he did, and they're never going to say it here, but if they can – in basketball, if they – in men's basketball, if they can just win a couple games in the tournament, mm-hmm. these people around here are fine with that. <laughs> They're fine with that, Doug. Now he isn't. Beard isn't. He isn't. Beard I isn't. Like that. I like that sense of urgency. He's driven. He's, He's driven. a Monday night guy. He talks about Monday night. He embraces the idea of playing on Monday nights. Uh, but if they could be a Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight type team, you're not. You, he could. We could coach her for another thirty years. Yes, he could. Yeah, because that's that's the standard here. That's the standard. An Elite Eight is a great year here. So uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun to watch them in the Moody Center next year. I just hope they have some seats for us, Doc. Yeah, I hope so, too. Uh, yeah, I know a guy. Hopefully we can get it. <laughs> Let's move to football before we get out of here. Uh, it's not going to be any consolation to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, but they changed the overtime rule for the playoffs. <laughs> now – now both teams are guaranteed to, to get the ball at least once. Um, you know, I guess barring a pick six, like if uh, like if your team wins the overtime toss and throws a pick six, it's over. So, but in most cases, both offenses are going to get the ball. I love the change. It should have happened years ago. The overtime is not perfect in the NFL, but I love the fact that when you get a shootout like we saw Kansas City and Buffalo uh, in the AFC divisional round, which was the wildest football game of the season, that Josh Allen, who did nothing wrong, would have gotten a chance to get in there and and, and force a tie. So I'm excited about that. We know that we live in an offensive era. Defense won championships in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, uh, but offense is ruling the roost in the 2000s, and that's why quarterbacks – or make it 40 or 50 million a year. But let me ask you this. Why do they not use this new overtime rule in the regular season? Why do you make it only a playoff rule? I don't know. Because I'm going to tell you why. Because the NFL is just so almost cussed. Almost cussed. Uh, almost cussed. They're so messed up, Duck. They're so, they're so mucked up. And you know what I mean? Because yeah. they want to overthink things. Why are you bring? Why are you making it a provision for the for just the playoffs? That's crazy. We, don't you don't you want the thing to be in place and in yeah. practice for the regular season? So when the playoffs come, it's seamless because it's exactly. happened. There were like twenty five or thirty overtime games last year, and yeah. so if you put this thing in place, it's all good. Just let it happen, man. Uh, and quit pretending you care about the players' health. Because you, you you just did a 17th game. You don't care about the players' health. You care about money. So let's yeah. let's just keep let's just put it in play. Put it in play for the regular season. And we'll get to see how it works and it'll be fine. And then and then we don't have to explain stuff in the postseason. I just think I just think the owners are very self-important. 
sometimes and they just kind of tend to overthink things. Well, the other thing I wish they would have done, like I said, put it in the regular season as well. I would even say, you know, for the under the player safety category, make teams go for two. It's like the whole thing about player safety is shorten games, okay? And so now we have both teams have a chance to possess the ball, which is great. But say you have to go for two. So, you know, the second team, maybe they don't score, game's over. Or maybe they score and they make the two. Or the other team didn't make the two. So, you know, go ahead and go a little bit farther. Take that from uh, uh, the college where you have to go for two on, what, the third overtime or second overtime. I, I can't even remember now. But uh, I do – the overtime I wish they would have experimented with was the Baltimore Ravens suggestion where I'm playing you, said. Uh, I win the coin toss, so I pick a yard line. You know, I pick the one-yard line on uh, or the 99-yard line, if you will, for the sake of argument. Then the other team gets to pick whether you go on offense or defense. I thought that was – it's very gimmicky. The Ravens have suggested this. It's very, it is very XFL. Uh, it's kind of interesting. But nobody watches the NFL more. It's boring, you know. Nobody watches it anymore. Uh, I think they do, Doug. I think, yeah, they, I think they watch. It was the best watch. playoff maybe in history of the NFL. It was just, oh, my God, every game, it was coming down to the last play. And after that first weekend, it was awesome. But at least they did something – to change the overtime. I, I do embrace that. So, and then lastly, just craziest off season. It was the craziest playoff maybe ever. And then it was the craziest off season. Brady retires and unretires. That wasn't crazy. I, I knew, I told you that was going to happen. Oh yeah. I'm not surprised at all. It, it was Giselle made him, you know, I, I guess she made him take out the trash one too many times and said, that's it. That's it. I'm going back. I'm playing Tyreek Hill gets Great. traded. That's at the nuts. top of his game, he's the most, he A-Rod. might be the most dangerous receiver to ever play this oh, game. He's up there. He's up he's there. Up there. He's he's Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens type of dangerous. He is Deshaun Jackson with more talent. And we've seen Deshaun Jackson take over football games. But yeah. Deshaun Jackson ain't Tyreek Hill. Yeah. No, there's only one Tyreek Hill. And I've heard stuff about his knee that maybe he's got some knee problems that are, you know, not really out there. But boy, the, the window for Kansas City Chiefs right now is, you know, because Kelsey's not going to play forever. What window? What window? The window they have right now with Patrick Mahomes. And I Kelsey. I don't, I don't know that they get it done without Tyreek Hill. Well, I don't either. That's why I'm saying it doesn't make any sense. I, yeah, I know. I understand if you don't want to pay a guy twenty, you don't want to pay him Devonte Adams money. Why? You should. Uh, uh, I I understand the business part of it. I would have paid him, Doug, because I want to win championships. Yeah. But let's not pretend that these owners are about winning championships. They aren't. They're about making money first. Robert Kraft is disgusted. They haven't won a playoff game in three years. Yeah, but Robert Kraft has never overpaid for anybody. No, I know. Including Tom Brady, who took a home, hometown discount. So exactly. that's, that is an outlier. Robert Kraft doesn't – he's mad because he doesn't spend like that. Right. Um, but for my, for my money, I would have just given the kid the money. I've got the best receiver. I've got the best tight end. I've got the best quarterback. Uh, yeah, I, I got to do that. It's an offensive era. Duck, I'm telling you, the Kansas City Chiefs will not win their division this year. They won't. That is the best division in in, in football. And I think um, – Who's going to win it? Who's going to win it? You got Russell Wilson in Denver now. Come on, uh, Denver, Kansas City. I think the Chargers win it. I think I the Chargers – I don't I, believe in that coach. I don't believe I don't him. either, but he's got a – I. Duck, I don't, I'm on the outside looking in here. I believe that ownership's going to go, look, Brandon Staley, you can't be going in from, you're not, I'm going to give you this money, but you're not going for it on fourth down from your own 20 yard line. I'm, I'm <laughs> mandating that you don't pull that. Yeah. You go for four. Now, I'm going to, in our, inside our 40, I mean, if we're at the 40, the minus 40 and, and above, and it's four, and it's a reasonable, but you're not going for it on fourth down on your own doorstep. You're just handing games away. 
Uh, they have a they have they have a a future superstar in Justin Herbert. Yep. They have they have one of the most underrated running backs in Austin Eckler, who nearly led the sitting Ducks to a championship in fantasy league. <laughs> They have they just added Khalil Mack. Oh yeah. To go with Joey Bosa. Fearsome pass rush now. Uh was gonna take take a lot of pressure off that secondary. Uh they play in a good weather climate. I really believe the Chargers are gonna step up this year. And if I go to Vegas and I'm begging Bev, baby, I know you're not listening, but if you're a friend of Bev that's listening, tell her that said wants to go to Vegas in June. Um, said always wants to go to Vegas. I'm gonna, I haven't been since 2018, Doug. I always want to go. I always want to go. I'm putting, I'm putting some scratch on on the on the uh, L, 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 LA Chargers to win a Super Bowl. That's smart. I, I like. They're the young, oh, talented, yeah. hungry. Those three things are very important. Now, they do play in a beehive of a league now. The yeah, Vegas Raiders are no joke. They just picked up Devontae Adams. Yeah. And Derek Carr had his best season, Doug. Don't and be so, sleeping on Buffalo. Don't be sleeping on my Buffalo. Yeah, team. but I was, but I was in, I'm in, I'm in the AFC West right now. Okay. Um, I'm taking Buffalo. If you put a gun to my head, I'm taking Buffalo to win Super Bowl, Doug. Mm-hmm. Put a gun to my head. Tyreek you know, I think they should have won it last year. And they just added Von Miller, who still got some gas one. in the tank. They so, yeah, they they had that game one. So that was the best finish. That was the best finish of any game I've ever seen. Duck, if you're into, if you're introducing a, a person from Mars yeah. to the to the NFL, you show them that game. Now, why is football so popular? Show them the last two. I think it was four touchdowns in two minutes. It was outrageous. So it was amazing. And the, and the AFC is just loaded in. Oh, I tell you what, if you know, Michaela Compton is our photographer. She's great. She was out with me at the the Dell uh for the first three or four days. Huge Chiefs fan. Broken. She was broken, inconsolable in mourning when she saw on her phone that Tyreek Hill got traded. It's like, oh my God. It's just it, it's inexplicable. I, I just don't understand it. The same with the Cowboys. I mean. You re-sign Michael Gallup, who's damaged goods, and you let Amari Cooper go for a cup of coffee and a few beans. I, I just think they could have gotten more for Cooper. I I wasn't with them giving him twenty million dollars after he blew through the season. Eight hundred and sixty-five yards receiving duck. Yeah. You're not giving a guy twenty million dollars for eight hundred and sixty-five yards. He's not even the best receiver on his own team right now. You're right, but they're weaker now. And Randy Gregory going to Denver, which is weak, weakens the Cowboys. So I, I don't know about the Cowboys offseason, you know, how much they help themselves. You know, speaking, of off-season, speaking of offseason, what about Deshaun Watson basically yeah. stubbing his nose at the allegations? Hey, 22 his- women were all wrong, and you still got $250 million. I'm waiting for him to be a little uh, remorseful and apologetic. And well, why, well, why should he? It seems like he got what he wanted. He got his money, and he's, he, does. He, he's, he was indignant, Doug. He was indignant. He's got his money. He's got got a new team, but no regrets. He said no regrets. He hasn't ruled yet. So I think he will be suspended. Don't you? Oh yeah. I don't think it's going to be a year. No, I think he'll get four or five games though. I do too. I do too. And that might be enough to push the Browns to the brink because they're, they're still the Browns. Yeah. But the Steelers aren't the Steelers anymore. Getting Mitch Trubisky. You don't explain that to me. No. Mr. Bitsky, what are you doing? I, I might have rather had Baker. You know, trade for Baker. No question. No he beat, question. He beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs. He's better than Mr. Trubisky. Years ago. He's better than Trubisky. And, and add to that, uh, he's been he's, – he's, he's swaying in the wind right now. He has no idea what's going to happen no to him. Idea. And uh, they've think, really treated him up? disrespectfully. Where do you think he'll end up? Man. People have gotten their quarterbacks now. I don't know. Duck, I don't know. I don't know where he ends up. I would look at him if I'm Matt Rule in Carolina, you know, because I'm not a big Sam Darnold fan. You know, he was okay, but he's he's nothing special. Well, of course, now they're shopping McCaffrey a little bit because he can't stay on the field. He can't stay healthy. So this is a crucial year for Matt Rule. You know, they don't get it done. If they don't get it done this year, Matt Rule's going to be back in college next year. Probably will. 
Maybe in Austin. Coach. Maybe where? No, I didn't say that. Did you say Austin? I'm just um, teasing. Hey, hey, there's an analyst position open. There's an analyst. analyst. There's always some analytical you know, money to be made. Miami, Miami's, you know, improving. You know, we got a I'm big offensive tackle. And, but they're making some moves anyway. They got Connor Williams. That should put them over the top. Yeah, yeah. That's a holder, too. They got they got Tyreek Hill. Um, not a Tua guy, NFL speaking. I'm, I'm not, not a Tua sure guy. Yet. I'm not. I'm not sure yet. I like the his thing. Character. For Pat, for t- uh, for quarterbacks that um, that th- for balls that were thrown twenty yards or more in the air, they ranked last. He's not a deep thrower, and Tyreek Hill is to take the top off the defense tight. I don't like the fit. Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. You think he's going to throw some touchdowns? Yeah, I think he is, but I don't. I think, but I, I agree with. I think it was Jeff Saturday. I believe it was Jeff Saturday that said. Uh, I think Tyreek Hill is going to miss Patrick Mahomes way more than Patrick Mahomes is going to miss Tyreek Hill. Probably. He's not, no, you're not going to get the, you're not going to get as many balls thrown no. where you can make plays like you made in Kansas City. No, you're not. Another landing spot for Baker. Look at the two New York teams. The Jets and the Giants are just on a treadmill. They're spinning their wheels, and you know, I I would if I'm either one of them, I try to see if I can get him on the cheap because. The Browns have no leverage now. They link their star to Deshaun Watson, so mm-hmm. you know, bring in him to to battle Daniel Jones. Duck, such a great time on on second thought this week. Big ups to Greg Swindell, bringing the knowledge of Texas baseball to the podcast populace. So appreciate him. We were all over UT baseball, UT football. UT men's, women's basketball, the slapper around the world, and the NFL. What more could you want in a podcast? We're bringing you even more next week. That will do it for episode 254, and we'll see you next time on Second Thought. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.